Hello and welcome to the Where We Left Off podcast. I am your host, Austin Gall, with my co-host, Tommy Hanlon. The two of us have been working together for more than 10 years in the music industry, from managing a DIY venue to traveling the Midwest throwing parties. We've met some pretty interesting people along the way. This podcast is dedicated to conversations with artists and road dogs we have formed friendships with and see time and time again. We pick up where we left off. Tommy, we're back again. Uh, you know, I, I got my first shot. That's, that's, that's what I'm going to start the episode off with today. I got my first shot on Friday. I am jacked. Tommy, you finally got your stimulus check where I think we're kind of yes. crossing the checks off this year. How are you doing, man? You doing good? Fi- finally getting moving for the year. We, we thought this would be like January, but you know, it's March, whatever. <laughs> yeah, got, got the check. You got the shot. I'm, I'm getting on the list for the shot. So Hell yeah, yeah, we're life is moving again. Yeah, positive directions. I took, my, I took like a little road trip this weekend. I had to take my grandfather to visit a, a sick relative. Um, but it, it felt weird staying in a hotel this weekend. Like I, I was like, okay, first off, I woke up in that like bed. Like we stayed at like a double tree. I woke up. I was like, man, I do not miss this. Like I, I fucking all, dude, my back hurts so bad. It just goes to show like that right. no matter what bed that I sleep in, it's never good enough. <laughs> No, but it did yeah kind of gave me some weird flashbacks to staying in hotels i don't know if i'm i don't know if i'm quite ready to be sleeping in those shitty beds again but i digress um let's get into the episode for today i don't know if i have really much else <laughs> a lot of other banter that i can really put forward here but uh let's dig in we've got dan defonce from continental concerts on the podcast today i've been uh, dan's been booking tours for a really long time um and I mean, I've been booking tours with him and coordinating for more than 10 years at this point. I mean, I met Dan back in, yeah, I met Dan back in 2008 when he played in this band called Life Ruiner for a short stint in time. Uh, I can't wait to talk about that here in a bit. But the first company I worked for, Unigory Productions, like booked, booked this show with uh, with with Life Ruiner. And um, yeah, but at the time I just met him, we sparked a friendship that would really last for a long time. I mean, after I left that company, I started booking with Dan for a long time. And Dan now books a ton of really huge metal bands. He's been, he's really found his niche. He's doing really good work with uh, the company he's with now. But he's, um, you know, he's he's got a flagship tour that he books as well, the Devast- Devastation on the Nation tour, which has become like a powerhouse and a mainstay in the metal world year in and year out. Fuck the pandemic because it's really kind of fucked that up. But uh, but he's a booking agent for some of your favorite bands that you've that, that people probably know. I mean, he's he's booked King Conqueror for the Fallen Dreams, Chelsea Grin, Dark Funeral, Septic Fish, Attila, Sepultura, uh, Dr. Acula, As Blood Runs Black, Riz- Rivers of Nil. I mean, a plea for purging. So, so many more. It, it's probably, yeah, it's all you, your favorite. But let's welcome him in. Dan, it's good, yeah, to, man. good to be here with you, man. How are yeah, you? Yeah, man, I'm stuck. I, it's, I, don't, I don't remember. I think it's probably been about huh. five years since I've seen you. So it's good to man. be here. Back. Has it been that long? It has. Yeah, I think been. it's. Yeah. I think it has. It's like I think the last time I saw you was at So What Fest, like in Deep Elm in Texas. I think oh, that was yeah, the last that's time right. We hung out. It was like right before. It was in Deep Elm, so it was probably like twenty. It was right before the election in twenty sixteen. So I guess twenty sixteen. Like five. Damn. It's been five years. That's nuts, dude. That was yeah. a good time. It's crazy. But so yeah, how, how you been, man? Current. I mean, you've you recently it's... moved back to Dallas from Austin. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we moved. Yeah, I was in Dallas for like six years prior, and then. <clears throat> moved to Austin for a couple of years with my girlfriend. And then we realized that uh, she works for the children's hospital. So we just like realized that she'd make more money in Dallas. So I was like, well, let's just move back. <laughs> I don't yeah. care. You yeah. Know? I mean, does it feel good to be back in Dallas? I mean, cause you, moved. yeah, well, well, I'm a lot more friends here. here. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, mm-hmm. so, I mean, let's just dig in there. I want to hear about young yeah, yeah. Dan, Dan Defonce. I mean, you grew oh, up in man. New York in long Island, correct? No, not long Island. Okay. Where did you grow up in? uh poughkeepsie new york okay so it's it's so it's like, like two hours from long island 
Okay, so that's like not, that's like on the mainland. Yeah, it's like an okay. hour and a half south of Albany. Okay, got it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so I mean, how did you get into music back like growing up in Poughkeepsie? I mean, that's a, uh, it, I mean, it's it's a really tight place, like you know, in the yeah, it's in, small. In New England there, right? So yeah, yeah it's, it's very give small. Me, give me well, an idea. Be, before that, it was just most. I started getting into like new metal and all that shit like in like middle school after i got hit by a car i hit by a car in eighth grade it was and like i just like discovered a lot of music like more music the outside of like classic rock like i was so used to like just listening to sabbath acdc and all that shit then i found found corn slipknot mud vein went through the new metal phase then i moved i was living in florida at the time it's me and my parents moved to florida for like four years for a fucking reason but anyway we moved back <laughs> to new york 2001 and then, you know, I'm in ninth grade and that's when I started to s discover um, like uh, Hatebreed and Converge and all like the Ferret, Trust Kill bands. And then that led to like, you know, Cannibal Corpse and all that stuff, all that death metal. Um, I didn't get into like black metal until like later on, way later on. But, right. <clears throat> and then I just started playing guitar in ninth grade and I started some bands, a couple local bands actually like took off. Uh, a little bit like in like the northeast and then um i was always booking the shows i was always like that guy in charge of it all mostly yeah, I, was gonna, I was gonna say i mean you were yeah, like you were a promoter you were like a promoter before. yeah then i like before, went right? in yeah yeah i was a promoter before i was a booking agent so i went from like being in bands and i started doing shows in poughkeepsee while I was, i'm pretty sure i was still in a band it was blessed to fall in yeah this metalcore band i was yeah in. yeah yeah you remember right yeah, yeah of course <laughs> of course uh and then what happened i quit that band and then i just decided i want to book tours for bands and like be a promoter too at the same time like i wanted to take it more serious so i was booking shows in poughkeepsie at the chance theater there's three different rooms and you got club crannel downstairs which was like a 200 cap if that uh upstairs the loft which is like three or four hundred and you got the big room which is like 900 or a thousand legal and uh so i started doing shows there and is, that, then, is that place still open? Yeah. Damn, oh yeah, cool. it's crazy. Uh, crazy. Yeah, there's. It's funny because someone found like this uh, uh, listing for it because it's been for sale. Actually, it's real. It's been for sale for a long time, like since I was a teenager. Sure. Yeah, like it's been on the market, but they're asking for too much money, so it's like never gonna sell. <laughs> right. Right. It's yeah. kind of like if it sells, like we'll quit doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah then then we'll call it a day but right there, right right there's too many things they need to do to fix it up to make it worth that much money but sure, right um well i mean what was it like yeah. growing what was it like growing up in new york i mean because me and me and tommy come from like a really a, a very much different place like in the middle of yeah, the country i mean in new york you have like a really different perspective i mean and you're in the midst of a lot of culture i mean what was it like leaving new york you know, for the first time, like leaving your oh, music like, scene and going to another music scene. Oh, the first like, time I, yeah, that was LA. I went from New York to LA. Right. That's when I remember when I used to work for Media Scare Records. Dude, yeah, fuck. I totally forgot that you worked uh, yeah, for Media Scare for about it. Dude, I always I, forget about I, I it totally until this. Forgot about yeah. that. <laughs> until like it start like when people ask me like my history, then it comes up and I'm like, oh yeah, I worked for that label. 
Well, how long did you work for MediaScare? Not long, like two years. Okay, I want to, I want to, I want to dig in here for a minute too because I have fine. some questions. I have some questions about <laughs> about MediaScare. But I mean, what was it like working for for the? You know, I mean, they had a ton of huge bands back in the day. I mean, I mean, oh, some yeah, bands that popping, are, dude. Yeah, I mean, like it the Ghost popping. Inside Volumes. Just, I mean, just to name a few. As I mean, Blood Runs Black. Yeah, I mean, like some huge, huge bands. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how like the the label just like flopped after that because those are some of the biggest you know bands you in the scene right now. Yeah, the dude was just, he's a really nice guy. I have nothing bad to say about him at all. And it was just like the business side of things. He wasn't great at paying bills on time, paying out bands when they're owed money. Shit like that wasn't his uh, strong suit. But he was a really cool guy. And I literally pretty much lived in LA for free because of him. Yeah, Um, I remember. Yeah, first it was North Hollywood for like not even a year like eight months and then I quit (laughs) and then I lived at the studio the media scare studio in North Hollywood and then I went back to New York uh, for like maybe six or seven months and then we we stayed in touch like at first it was we had a little falling out then we like worked things out and then he's like yo I want you to come back you know (laughs) we got like new barrier dead we got the you know yeah yeah, i remember that ghost inside i lost a i lost a shit ton of money on barrier dead that's yeah a lot of people like oh my god it was so (laughs) cool (laughs) dude okay so it's crazy yeah yeah it was yeah Yeah, yeah. 100 i I lost like my childhood savings on that show (laughs) i'm not even close to kidding either (laughs) it was really bad summer but it's crazy because yeah. like what me, most people don't know is like the owner of that label was the manager for Yellow Card in their early days. Like he in the did, early days, like yeah, he yeah, did. Man. He did Ocean Avenue, that whole mm-hmm. like that whole rollout for that album, for which them. is a platinum record, <laughs> which is a big yeah. deal. Yeah, big deal. Like so, it was like that. So, so then I went back, and uh, then I started living in his um, his guest house more so uh i forget where was it like tarzana or something like that so it was like north of hollywood north of north hollywood (laughs) and that was nicer and like you know i was living there for free and that at that time i didn't have my car out there i I kept it in new york but he like let me drive one of his like other cars like the saturn for free so it was like fun and then we i did that for another year and it just like got to that point where i was just like i don't want to work for this label anymore there's then i have people hitting me up being like hey man we're owed money and I'm like, well, I don't have access to the bank account because that's not my like, thing. Yeah, it's like that's I not my no, that's not my lane, bro. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how much money's in there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have no uh, fucking idea about any of this. So yeah, I got to that point, then I just quit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess the point I was trying to make when I mentioned that yellow card thing is I'm, I'm surprised that he wasn't able to really keep that label like afloat and going because like he had so much. I mean, he was good at finding talent. There's no denying. Yeah, that, he just burned I mean? so many bridges. That's yeah. what it all boils down to the end of the label. It's just like too many bridges were burned and there was no way unless someone came in and maybe if someone came in and bought the label who had a good rep, then they could have kept it going. But um it was he just burned too many fucking bridges so you started as a promoter in new york yeah. you started booking tours shortly afterwards then you moved mm-hmm. to california for the first time and you were kind of booking tours and working at media still Sphere. yeah yeah still yeah. doing that at the still same doing time. both yeah and then you quit there and then you moved to texas sometime in like 2000 yeah so early 2010s like 2011 right yeah so, so i moved back to new york no no sorry 2013 so i moved back to new york after the second time of quitting the label I stayed in New York for like six, eight months or something like that. 
And then I met Zemer. I, we, me and Zemer always like knew each other, Mike Zemer. And then I came down for Unsilent Night Fest, December uh, 2012. Stayed with him and Orlando. I was at a loft and um, went to the fest. It was a blast. And I was like, man, I would love to move to, you know, Dallas. It's nice out here. This is fucking cheap. Right. You know, big selling point, <laughs> yeah, especially then. Yeah, yeah. Mid, it still Midwest. is now. Yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy because you went from like one of the most expensive places <laughs> yeah. to live to the other most expensive place to live to like the Midwest, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is a huge, huge change. Huge change. So he was just like, dude, move down here. And I was like, all right, fuck it. And he's like, and then it was funny because at the time he's like, I wish my roommate, this dude, I'm not going to say his name, but he was like, I, I hope he like moves. It would be so sick if he like moved out. <laughs> and then you could just take his room. And I was like, dude, that'd be so dope. So I'm back home looking at apartments and I'm obviously finding cheap apartments. So I'm like, yeah, I can afford this. And then he calls me or texts me like maybe two days after I flew home from the fest. And he's like, you're not going to believe this. I'm like, what? He's like, dude, he's moving out. I'm That's like, so <laughs> oh, you know, he's like, you want in? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right, this is how much is, this is how much rent is PayPal to me. Um, like the day before you leave or whatever, you know, now or yeah, in a week right. and uh, it's yours. And I'm like, okay. So I moved to Texas with just a car, no bed, no nothing. And got everything when I got here. <laughs> That's so sick, dude. I mean, out of the three places that you lived, I mean, which, I mean, where do you, do you like Texas the most? I mean, you've stayed there yeah. for a fucking long time. I mean, it's yeah. Ten, I mean, I don't agree years. with all their sh political shit but well i mean that, we live in missouri and nebraska respectively everywhere. and yeah. i think our politics are just as bad as yours so yeah I mean, you know. but aside from that shit which i don't care about um that much you know i do and i don't you know what i'm saying i try to just, yeah right i don't let it eat my eat, you know kill me inside but yeah no i i love it here i i definitely do i feel most comfortable here and uh yeah no. i i wouldn't i don't think i would move out of here there was like definitely points throughout the years, times throughout the years, whether it was like offers like, yeah, you know, move out to LA again, blah, blah. I'm like, man, I don't want to fucking live in LA. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, yeah, the money was never. I, I, there's no way. Right. There's no, yeah, there's no way I could ever afford yeah, it. Like, yeah. like in Omaha, it was for like a three bedroom apartment. I was paying like 700 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Was like, it the yeah. one I went to? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It was probably a different one. Yeah. I had a, I think I think that's when I was in college. I was I in college was, still. It was a studio. Yeah, I was a studio. Yeah, yeah. I think you guys like came over to like smoke weed in my bathroom and then we did. like and then like left. <laughs> I don't know what we did that night. It was wild. I think you guys, yeah, I think you guys just like I think you jetted out of town. But I mean, okay, so to kind of wrap yeah, yeah. up on this, man. I mean, just tell me yeah, kind of fine. what it was like growing up, like in like the the scene that you uh, grew up in, like in New York. It, I mean, what was it? I mean, it's I love to hear about this from all the people that we have on the podcast because yeah, everybody's yeah. everybody's experience growing up in like a music scene is a lot different. A different just, yeah. yeah, just tell me about like what was it what it was like growing up in that music scene in Poughkeepsie. It, honestly, Poughkeepsie was like booming back then, like from when I started going to shows, which was like two late two thousand one or two. And you guys had um, a lot more access to like entertainment like in terms of like bands like the you know oh, yeah i mean you talk dude. about like I mean, bands from new york like every time i die and like you know like oh I mean, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah the list could go on and on i mean yeah. but like here in like nebraska it was like i was really a little harder yeah, yeah it was a lot harder yeah no i mean it was it was wild man poughkeepsie scene especially was like popping more than albany was albany was fine but like a lot of bands so you had to choose between if you want to go to poughkeepsie or albany because they're only an hour and a half apart and a lot of bands would pick Poughkeepsie over Albany because the shows were just so insane. 
Right. And just like everyone went to fucking Poughkeepsie. I mean, I've seen everybody it, growing up there. Like the music scene, it was so much fun. Like I, I, I definitely had a, you know, a, a good, uh, you know, childhood, I guess, as for as far as like the music, like going, going to shows and stuff. It was just like every fucking week, dude, everything converged between the barrier. I've seen Paramore in a hundred cap room under oath. Converge between the bear and me all in like that 150 cap room. Like yeah. I've seen everyone That's there that you crazy. can name. Yeah, right. You know, I remember my first show at the chance when I moved back from Florida. My friend Alex took me and we went to see it was it was like I don't remember like the exact order, but it was Hatebreed, Converge, Poison the Well, From All the Ashes, Most Precious Blood, Shadows Fall. <laughs> one is fucking crazy. show. And like that little small room. No, no, the big room, okay. the big okay, room. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was packed. It was sold out. So I went That's going. Fine. I went to that That's show still, yeah, only, only knowing who Hatebreed was. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I had no idea who these other bands were. Found four other of your favorite bands, probably. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Then they those are my that. favorite shows, dude. Oh, oh man, so many of those. And I think Hatebreed was one of those. I saw like I went to Hatebreed with my sister and found Terror yeah. through like that show. I think. Or something. Oh, okay. like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, dude. Right. But it was wild, and that's where it opened. That show specifically was the one that opened the doors to, you know, finding all the trust kill bands, the ferret bands and so on. And that, you know, then I bought the Hellfest DVD and it was just like, everything opened up. <laughs> I, I think one of my favorite bands is actually from your area too. Is, is it dies today from that area? They're from, um, is it close? Syracuse. To that's not close. Right. To no, it's pretty close. Like two and a half hours. Oh, okay. That's close. I mean, I, like I fucking love that band, dude. Yeah. I used to travel for shows every, I mean, dude, me and my friends would go, you know, we wouldn't yeah, just I mean, go yeah, to we, shows in Poughkeepsie. Yeah, yeah, I'd right. travel like five, six, seven hours. Like we'd just drive. Well, that we didn't really yeah. have an option either. It's like you either go to you had to, or right? you go to Kansas city, you know, yeah. and if you yeah. want to go to like a, like an a market, you know, you're flying, you know, you're probably <laughs> going, yeah, yeah, you have to probably fly to go, you know, St. Louis or Chicago. Those are both like eight hours. So, yeah. Yeah. But it was a great, yeah, great team. Um, it pop, you know, it was popping for a long time, and then it started going downhill. Probably, I don't know, 2011, 12, something like that. Honestly, a lot of shit started going downhill. Downhill, in my opinion, when everything made this, when everything went from MySpace to Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. That was the downfall. Yeah, in my opinion. It's yeah, it's kind of a weird like mile marker because like yeah. I mean things it is. It, things in Omaha got better like when Facebook yeah. came along. Yeah, like no my like our our MySpace community was like it was like strong, but like really Facebook. Yeah, it's yeah. Like I think oh. shows were a lot were a lot stronger like in that back half of like two thousand eight oh, cool. nine. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, was, I was like when I was talking, I had the the Alex and Eric from Despised Icon for my fiftieth podcast episode and like we brought that up and they're like yeah we saw the shift from like when i went from myspace to facebook yeah i think in the metalcore world you're probably right and like in the metal yeah. world like and for the hardcore world i i totally i can see that but i think like everything else got better <laughs> you know what i mean no, yeah no i mean it, it had it definitely had it had had its pros and cons yeah for sure i know? think for them yeah like I think for the fans, like experience, maybe Facebook like brought like f fans closer, but like I feel like MySpace, like people interacted with music on MySpace in a different way than like it, yeah. it isn't on any other social media platform that way anymore. Like you can't put your favorite song on your profile and like when you click on that profile, like that song's blasting. It starts like, playing right away. Yeah, yeah. MySpace did like bring, I think, a lot of bands into like people's lives that wouldn't have 
like been brought in oh, otherwise just because sure. like the you put like eight, your favorite everyone's band top your, eight. yeah yeah right top that was eight. like finding bands so easy right there. and you had to be like the cool like edgy like what obscure band am i gonna put in my top four yeah. that no one's ever fucking heard of yeah dude myspace you cool. interacted with bands differently on myspace did, than yeah. you do on on any other social media platform and i think you're right like there was a weird shift in that era of yeah everything yeah there was yeah because well, i saw like less like I, don't know, I saw like less people like flying for shows. That was always like a big thing growing up for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What flying for, sure. for shows always? I can't even imagine how many flyers and posters I've printed out. <laughs> dude, I used to. Dude, a side story before we move into this next topic. But I used yeah. to go when I was in college. I would use the UNO library. I was to, yeah. yeah. yeah I, you to could, do all you the could, printing. No, dude, no, no. So, so I would game. Lot. I would game the printer because if you yeah. there was there was like a workaround because you had to pay for it but it was oh. five cents a copy so there was a workaround where you could i printed 500 copies for five cents, five cents. I, yeah so i would it, i just said print one copy okay and i just i click one and then yeah. like it would do it you know what i mean like you would have to like print one copy of the oh man, i don't even know how i it was so fucking weird but i ended up getting like thousands shit. upon thousands upon yeah. thousands upon thousands of flyers for like five cents every time i would go it was <laughs> it was sick that's it's, sick. Part, it's probably part of the reason why like some of our shit did so well is because i had like an unlimited budget to <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i yeah, would show up with like a stack of like ten thousand flyers yeah. and like, yeah. why did you print all these dude we know like a hundred people <laughs> yeah it's like bro tommy, i was at the library tommy would come over to pick up flyers sometimes and i could just be like here just take like 600 well, <laughs> just take like 600 for a show class. that's gonna draw maybe like 50 people yeah <laughs> the capacity of the venue which i mean like is what you want to do you want to pack the bitch right well for sure yeah <laughs> the last like, it just didn't work it just didn't work like it used to when we were kids at like one point you know what i mean like it just yeah. there was a point where people were just like take the flyer just like sh i mean they would always like take it and like throw it but For like the most part yeah yeah i mean like some people would like take that shit home and like dude know, i just found a flyer a one percent flyer that had some like lyrics written on the back of it and i was just, <laughs> <laughs> like i would use them for that i'd use them for scrap paper most of the awesome. time but i was just like oh damn this is a stacked flyer i was like why did they keep this and i looked on the back it was like 16 year old tommy thinking he's fucking for, for reference one percent productions is a is a production company in omaha that we both grew up going to mark Leibowitz oh, okay. is a great friend of the podcast oh that's we're right. gonna have oh, him yeah, on man. here in a couple weeks he's a good dude damn yeah. oh yeah yeah the last job i ever had was at office depot and i used to i used oh, to print perfect. flyers there for free i worked in the, <laughs> yes. i worked in the print department <laughs> And then, like, like yeah, my we're posters. Missing, we're missing like 10,000 uh, <laughs> sheets of paper. I only worked there for like a few months, but during those few months, it was like the flyers would be black and white, you know? Yeah. I print four on a page. Yeah, right. Yep. Um, same. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. And, but the posters, yeah. Color. Oh, <laughs> so much ink, dude! I remember. Everyone's I remember, like, dude, well, how much are you paying for all this shit? I'm like, ah, don't worry about it. It's like, yeah, it, it should be a man. lot, but it's zero. It's zero. I remember this one time I got I got flyers printed through a friend that worked at Costco, and mm -hmm. like, it was like three hundred bucks for like, like a pack of like of oh shit like God. you know it was like the life-size poster but it was like 300 oh, yeah it was crazy yeah. it was it was way too much he like showed up he's like oh i covered half of it but it's like 300 bucks i was like holy shit man so, no never again <laughs> anyway well yeah. 
you work on the music side of business, which is an angle we haven't really dove into yet on this podcast. So this next little section, you know, with the current state of things, mm-hmm. especially since we can't even have shows, like talk about, you know, the company you work for in terms of booking tours, like where you're sitting right now, like since our yeah, industry has been shut down for literally a year, you know, yeah. like, w- what have you been up to? <laughs> so honestly, in the past like couple of weeks, it's been um, coming back around. Like there are shows tours being scheduled for the fall i mean there's stuff yeah fucking supposed to happen this summer you know there's a there's a few to, you know you probably have seen the tours like i mean i i think they're gonna happen they're pretty big so yeah i hope they do but as far as like my stuff goes um and and my boss stefan um we're booking shit for the fall yeah and not yeah. a lot like it's just like a few tours nothing long or really i mean he has like a couple that I think are like, you know, month long things, but I, you know, I have a few bands going out in October together, you know, like a two band thing. And then another three band package in November, there might be some other stuff is probably going to come together for like some smaller bands. And I think this is, uh, you know, later in the year, I think is a good time for a lot of smaller bands. You know, those bands that do like 50, 100, 150, maybe, you know, 200 tickets. And, uh, I, I have a good feeling about it. I'm very, <laughs> A lot of people are always like, give me shit. Like, yo, man, like you need to be like optimistic about shit. I'm like, nah, I'm just being real. So I don't get let down again. All yep. right, my guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, I, I, that's a good segue into this question that I have. I yeah. mean, so you are feeling pretty optimistic about the general state of things yeah. coming back, like at the end of this year, like in a small, yeah, I think so. like club capacity, at least. Yeah. Right? And I, you know, there's other, like, I have like a couple bands on like a bigger tour in September, October that, um, that is probably not going to get announced till may they're seeing how things are going to look you know in may and then if everything looks really good then they're gonna then prepare to to announce the tour in may so i think that's a good way to go about a tour that you that you may have in like september october or october november i think waiting another month or month and a half from now and to see how things are um before announcing it is the smart move because I don't think anyone wants to announce. I mean, I don't want to announce shit until, you know, it looks like really good, you know, because I don't feel like fucking re announcing a tour again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Right. You probably had to re-announce like a Mm -hmm. couple already. Yeah. And like next year looks the most promising, obviously. Um, Yeah. You know, this is crossing my fingers, knock on wood, that nothing else comes up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like right. nothing new comes up. Uh, but yeah, next year, you know, I'm, I'm rebooking Devastation on the Nation tour for April, May. Um, this is going to be my second time rescheduling it. The first time I rescheduled it a year in advance and uh, then had to cancel it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought a year in advance yeah. would be fine. <laughs> Which is fucking crazy. I guess I should have been like, nah, I'm going to do two years in advance. <laughs> and that would have right. been all right. But, uh, well, yeah. speaking of canceling things, like jumping back a year, like how big of a nightmare was it when things were shutting down due to COVID? Like you had bands on the road, I assume. Like what was oh, the process yeah. of canceling Ooh. shows and, and mm-hmm. you know, just what were those initial steps for you? Um, I mean, when that, when it all like hit the fan, right? Like when uh, dipshit said, uh, you know, we're closing the borders, all that shit, right? I think it was on a, it was like on a Friday. I remember it was a Friday night yeah. when that happened. Yeah. And the next day, me and my girlfriend were going on a trip to Big Bend National Park for a year anniversary. And I remember that night being like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to go. 
<laughs> right. Like, you know, yeah, like, I, this is going to be too I, big of a nightmare for me. We should probably yeah. just stay home this weekend. And still right there, I wasn't like freaking out about like vi the virus, so to say, or like getting the virus, you know, like it wasn't like scary or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's more so like, hey, there's going to be a bunch of work on my plate that I'm going to have exactly. to just like take care so of. So that was yeah. kind of like, a, like a, the last thing on the list that I was worried about. Dude. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I mean, that was my mindset at that time too. Like from yeah. a, from, like from right a, at that point, like a yeah. promoter aspect, I was mm -hmm. like, I, I don't Shit, think I'm, I don't think I'm going to get sick like immediately, but you know, and that was, kind yeah, of a, that exactly. was kind of a shitty, I was like, was kind of a shitty mindset to have. It was, like, but I, I'm not like a guy, like I'll stay the fuck home. And I did. Yeah, you know, I I just don't think I just anywhere. don't think I understood the severity. No, you know I don't I mean? think a like, lot of us did yeah. at that moment. Right. Yeah. I think it was like days after uh, we still yeah. went on our trip for three days, came back, and then started learning more about it, and it was like, oh, okay, this is fucking serious. But at that time, it was like, okay, I gotta, <laughs> I had like Rotting Christ and Borknagar and Wolfhard, who are all from overseas, that are supposed to come here in a week. I think it was yeah. like a week or two. And it was just like, we had to just be like, hey, we got to cancel this. Like, this is not going to happen, obviously. Right. And then um, I had at that moment, though, I had Beneath the Massacre yeah. on doing like literally just started a tour with Origin. Right. And they're from overseas, too, correct? They're from Canada, Montreal. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, yeah, which is across, yeah, across you know, the border. Still got across the border. Yeah. yeah. So, like, literally, they just started. I think that Friday when that got announced. It was like the first show of that origin tour. I'm pretty sure I got to go look. Um, but that tour did like three or four shows. And it was uh, very devastating for Beneath the Massacre because that was like their return tour. Just put out a new record. Yeah. Literally right. just yeah. released a new record. So it was, uh, it was a lot. It was a very stressful time. I went on the trip, came back, you know, that Monday. And it was just like, oh, God, we got to like, I got to reschedule Devastation. We got to uh, Beneath the Massacre is going home, like making sure they can get home. Everything's good. And the tours we had like later in the year, like fall, for example, of 2020, we weren't fucking with those yet. We weren't right. touching those yet because we didn't know how severe this whole thing was going to be. So over the course of like a month, it was just like, okay, we got to reschedule this or we just got to cancel it. We'll go back right. to it later. So it was, it was, it was weird because uh, that's obviously never happened. This has never happened before in my lifetime, obviously our lifetime. Yeah. Right. Our, <laughs> yeah. our shared lifetime here. Our I, hope shared, to, yeah. Yeah, I, hope, I hope to God it doesn't happen again. To be yeah, me too. So fingers it was, on that one. Yeah. it was definitely stressful and like, um, because my job depends on tours happening. Like, right. so I can get paid right. yeah. <laughs> and, and live my, you know, and, and pay my bills. So like, when things started to like get canceled, I was like, here goes all this money. Cause I have like a spreadsheet, you know, I'll like kind of uh, sometimes, not all the time, I'll update it like to show how much money I have coming up. Like, so I right. can. Right. So, so you can budget. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's, your, it's your way of keeping track of how yeah, you make because, money. Yeah. Because yeah, my just, paycheck is yeah. not the same. Right. Ever. Right. Right. You know, you can go from, I can make like 500 bucks one month and then the next month I get six grand. Right. Yeah. It's and then yeah, I got it really grand. just depends on who's on the road and who's making money, yeah, you know? Exactly. Like that's so when I started deleting like or not deleting shit, but like Xing out all these like paychecks, I was like, Oh my fucking God. They yeah. better give me unemployment. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that took and then like they a didn't. month and like six <laughs> right. weeks to get. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're 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 you're, spe- you're preaching to a choir here because we're. I mean, Tommy's <laughs> oh. in the same boat. Like, luckily, I have a day job, so like it helps That's me out good. a little bit. But like, yeah, yeah, Tommy, yeah, Austin Tommy didn't feels... have to see that dark side of of the underskirt of America of yeah. just fucking. I, I feel I feel bureaucracy. fortunate. I really do. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm lucky to have a job with a salary and like health benefits yeah, and shit. Like, it's it's a it's yeah. We take it for granted, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. If I, mean, I didn't have that, I would be completely fucked right now. Like, I yeah. you know. Not to it's, say that, not to, not to like rub it in your guys' face. But. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm still so getting on employment, which is nice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, you're, are uh, you getting, Texas are you, governor's better than ours. Our, like, Nebraska cut it off. Like, before. yeah, it was so it's, fucked, dude. Like, I don't know. My, my opinion of the whole thing is like, you know, you, you shut it down, like, and you, took away a me. career <laughs> that I already had. Yeah. Like, you know, it's I like, don't need to retrain for another job. I don't need to, like, you know, like, yeah. Re- Going until to I can do the job that I already had. Yeah, fuck off. Just, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it's yeah, actually people are like, yeah, just go get a job, go do something else. Why? Like, no, yeah, no I thanks. already was like, if it was that bad to shut the whole thing down, why would I go out and do something? Like, yeah. that's stupid. <laughs> like, are you fucking dumb? Like, no, it's I'm not that into capitalism to no. keep that shit rolling. I don't give a fuck about money. I like what I do for what I do. No, yeah. not well, it's whatever. actually hilarious that we're talking about this because. Dan, you went viral in 2020 for saying concerts wouldn't come back for a long time. There were several articles on major oh websites God, that quoted dude. your tweet. It's Only it's dead tweet. I posted a tweet in this. Ad. Yeah, I know. No, I mean, I, I know it really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but that had to have been a little surreal seeing your name going around like all of these huge like websites. Like know. you know, because like everybody disagreed. Everybody was in denial for the like, most part. Yeah. Like personally, I remember like when the pandemic hit, I was like people were like well shows are going to be gone for for a long time i was like no i think like august like it'll come back at and then, first like, i was and then like, i got yeah. to, then i got to may i was like there's no way august is happening Dude, <laughs> like, when i closed that storage locker like in my heart i knew i was just like there's no yeah. fucking way we're back this year like if they're yeah. calling it off like when they were like two weeks i was like yeah right it's yeah. too but you did get some you did get some like crazy yeah. crazy media coverage from that i mean like yeah i know which is I, just, I don't know. My bosses were fine. Like Stefan and Marisa were like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. Because we're not like, yo, it's like, dude, this is a virus. It's spreading everywhere. It's like I'm losing, like I'm losing money. Like, just go look yeah. to see how long it takes to get a vaccine made. And then yeah, you'll yeah. put two and two together and be like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. We're right, done right. here for the year. <laughs> yeah, right, like, right. And now look at the timeline we're on. <laughs> yeah. What was that? I said, and now look at the timeline we're on. We're yeah, on the I know. Best case exactly. scenario you timeline know? for a virus. Right? Yeah. Like, well, yeah, it was funny just... when that happened. Well, when, <laughs> when shows come back, I mean, what's your opinion about like wearing masks at events? I mean, like, I'd like to hear from both of you on this. But, I, mean, I mean, a lot of this depends on what the CDC guidance says. But I mean, are yeah. you, adv- I mean, like in, in talks with shows right now, I mean, what are you advising promoters, bands, agents to do right now as like we enter back into the scope of being like being back in person? I'm not like advising promoters to like do like I'm not going to promoters and be like, hey, this show needs masks. You know, everyone needs to wear masks. Um, if a band brings it up, I will ask and see. But I trust like all the promoters that I use like are have been people that I've been doing business with business with for years now. Like, right? I literally go to like the same people for the most part. Like, it's literally the same people. You know, when it was back when you were doing shows, it was always like. I'm hitting up Austin from Omaha, you know, sure. <laughs> I didn't right. hit up anybody else there, you know? And then, right. um, but anyway, yeah, I, I, you know, I think everyone's going to be smart about it. I I'm pretty positive. Everyone's going to like enforce like the mask thing. I hope, I think it's going to vary though. Like when it comes to like, I guess more Southern States. Yeah. I mean, I, 
personally, like in my opinion, like I will be yeah. require I will be requiring, you know, if if it's yeah. if, if it's CDC recommended, then like I it, that's what I will follow. I know? think like, people I think everyone should require it for you know, at least until at least until the end of the year. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like early next year. Well, hopefully then, by like hopefully by like August we have yeah. enough people like getting vaccinated. vaccinated. Hopefully by like this summer, like we have summer, enough people yeah. getting vaccinated that like you know we can start to think about it. But I mean at this point, just put your fucking mask on and let's get back to going. To shows. Yeah. Just yeah, say yes. Simple and, as, just yeah. say yes and like let's let's just have shows again, you know? Exactly. Let's exactly, dude. I mean, it it, it it's not gonna stay <laughs> like shows are concerts are gonna have to come back because they fucking don't all these more and more event you're gonna see more venues closing down yeah it's just I'm, you know we already saw if you know some that did oh it's kind of like a good transition to my next question is like i mean do you have an opinion on shows going on right now i mean it, it's it's per, per, personally it's something that's really bugged me from like last summer yeah. but i realize and appreciate that venues have to make things happen to stay that's open. like the other like yeah, yeah it's the but, you gotta but do what like, you gotta do fuck. on the business side but it's fucked that we're in that predicament i of, know man do you feel like venues that are putting on shows now are mm -hmm. pushing back our potential comeback maybe it, it's possible i mean it could fuck things up um it's i think it's kind of a hard question too because not really like you is, said man. like you, you don't really work with people who are i don't work with a lot of people that are doing stuff right now it's, you know what i mean yeah. i i work i There's do work, stuff in texas happening yeah yeah, yeah big sure. stuff like but, like i i know some of the venues like in in omaha are doing stuff but it's at like oh, it's really? like it's like seated, seated it's seated it's like a quarter capacity oh okay yeah <clears throat> under quarter capacity which i think that's perfectly fine masked like when you're not drinking or eating something yeah you know, which is which is, i can't which hate is on fine. that yeah you, I, I can't hate on it either you know like no. those places have to stay open too and like if they if they don't have some sort of potential like revenue coming in like those yeah. places will close sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no no no, no you're right you're right no here's my thing though the like this whole time like i think for a little while they were shut down but like the cover band bar scene for oh, some reason yeah that shit going on the whole time has bugged the shit out of me but then it like kind of extends into some of like like the venues that have been operating that way like now switching over to like the limited Plus. capacity like i don't know i like i would just keep seeing like videos of like these like cover bands bars with cover like, bands yeah, yeah playing, it's because like, bar the, those bars had the option to sell food so yeah they were and they didn't open. charge a ticket it wasn't yeah. ticketed was like wasn't some ticketed. of the verbiage they were getting around there was a lot of ways to get around it and there was it it was like if you took the effort to get around it it, it, it's one of those things where like i yeah have like a list of of those in my head of like, you know <laughs> you're never getting a passing it like you know like I don't it, it know. sucks it, it, too because in my head i did saw venues it. struggling because they couldn't stay open they yeah they couldn't do the it, same couldn't thing. get the assistance yeah, yeah or, they weren't yeah. getting an assistance it was like yeah. the most dumb shit in the world and that's oh, the part where it's like if it's gonna be shut down and everything like i'm totally fine with that if it if it has to be that way but give them the assistance that they need to actually like survive it and not like either lose their business or like completely you know ruin yeah, their give, books like forever to stay give afloat. them all give all the employees unemployment right as yeah. everyone else is getting and then the venue like literally just don't make them pay rent and <laughs> then say they're closed for six months seven months eight months maybe just then extend their lease another six, eight, 12 months, right? That's all. 
and then you yeah. keep them there if for an extra. If you did that more... on like every scale, like if if everyone just ha- like didn't have to pay for like anything yeah. during this time, right? If capitalism didn't, yeah, matter I was gonna. For I, that's this literally. I've been I've been waiting history. to chime in and say, but capitalism. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's like if we yeah. have this catastrophic moment of humanity, like why not shut down the system for a little while? But you can't because like you yeah. can't just like pause everything and and assume that everything will go back how it was when mm-hmm. it when it starts back up, which is fucked. Uh, yeah, so I mean, this leads into another good question. I mean, how hard is this comeback going to be for small to medium-sized bands? Because a lot of venues, and at least in our area, have closed. I mean, you look at Omaha Lookout Lounge is closed. You look at Des Moines Vaudeville Muse is closed. You look closed at Kansas now. City; they had a venue closed. You, I mean, yeah. it's it's crazy. It's I mean, definitely... the, the the 150 to 300 cap space is going to be really difficult to book. I mean, I mean, we are might. You, are you like... having trouble already? Like looking into the fall? I mean, have not. Not like yet, really, but um, there are like a couple things where I'm like, if like I'm not first hold, obviously, I'm like fourth or fifth for sure. certain dates. Yeah. Um, but it hasn't, there hasn't been like a roadblock just yet, but I know there will be because there are now less venues. But I, I hope, I kind of hope to see like uh, some promoters be like, yeah, I'm gonna go rent this VFW out. Yeah, that's I mean, what I was gonna say. With back. the 150 to 300 cap, you can literally just get like some stick PA's and throw yeah, them man. up, and, and have yeah, some bands nice that will do yeah. that shit, you know, dude. And that's yeah, and that's like what I've really thought about the last couple weeks is like mm-hmm. looking for places where we can do like like pop up oh. shows. You know what I mean? Like yeah, see somewhere that would be cool. Dude, you know, but I like, just bought a generator. For me, but it's big enough to like. I looked at the specs and I was like, it's big enough to do like a PA for like a few hours. And I was like, it'd be so fun to do a little pop up thing, like outdoors, small when it comes back, do like a park something. I I hope like that type of shit kind of starts happening again, like the VFW halls, the yeah, the house shows, house shows, yeah. I'm not so I'm not so like as a promoter, I'm not so like into house shows, but like VFW halls and shit totally down cool whatever. right yeah yeah not like a promoted show at a house show but i mean like the house show scene i feel like it's gonna obviously be one of yeah i feel like it'll, slowly that, creep that'll start back booming. In. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what what advice would you give the bands that are like looking to get like back on the road in 2021 and like 2022 obviously the landscape is so, going to be completely different and i mean but there's is there any yeah. advice that you can like offer up to like you know we have like some younger musicians that like tour that listen to the podcast so i'm just like okay. curious if you have any like tips for like them i mean i would just expect not to like get paid that well maybe yeah yeah or you might end up getting paid i mean as far as like tips go, i mean i would just be i wouldn't go i wouldn't go crazy with like a lot of shows but like smaller bands that like are have, do have like some tour history under their belts and you know usually do tour like you know for weeks at a time i mean i would just start off like small like the things i'm doing are like one to two weeks long this yeah, year you right. know nothing like extensive at all right um obviously there are other extensive tours that we've seen already i get announced and there's going to be more probably but i mean also i've told bands like hey you know there's going to be certain markets where you're not going to get paid what you got paid last time right and there's going to be a clause in the contract or the offer where it says that if the show doesn't gross x amount like your guarantee for example then it's your guarantee is going to get reduced to what the show grossed or yeah. whatever, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Like a versus yep. deal or something. Yeah. For those, of, for those of you who are listening to podcasts that don't know what that means, it means like whatever amount is greater is what you'll get paid, what you, you know, and, paid, you, and yeah. you put it up against two sides and whatever, you know, makes you more money at the end of the night. Or in this case, whatever makes you, <laughs> whatever makes the promoter more money yeah. would be the option that you get. So, yeah. I mean, the thing that I see, you know, in, 
in terms of like being, you know, the landscape changing is, you know, there's the calendars are going to be really full. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. I, I worry, Especially by next year. Huge bottleneck. Yeah. I think it's, 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 it's really hard as a promoter to look at that and be optimistic because you're going to be fighting for every single, you know, date that you can get. But on the entertainment side, like if you're a fan, you should be really excited because there's going to be a fuckload of shows going on in every market. Oh, every yeah. single night of the week. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be like an overload. Yeah, it's going to be like an like overload a, by next year. Like by spring, spring yeah. is going to be an overload of fucking yeah. shows. If you're a oh, consumer, yeah. you're really going to have like you'll 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 be able to pick and pick and choose whatever you want. There's going to be a lot of but, competition out there and you'll yeah. have I think there's going to be some like hardness with that even on the fan side of like, you know, for people who okay. haven't been working as much or have had income that's get cut, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. You got to choose which favorite band that you haven't seen in a year and a half you want to go see. Um, right. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a little hard on the fans too, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Totally understand that, you know. I mean, that's I mean, picking and choosing, you know. I kind of said that a second ago. Right. I mean, you're really going to have to I mean, if you're living on a tight Dude, I've budget, already got you'll a really list. have to <laughs> you really have to pick really and choose. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And I've like there's been like some promoters are like yeah, should we uh should we raise this ticket price? And I'm like, uh, do you think that. that's smart? Like, should, we, <laughs> should, should we lower it maybe like a yeah. like a dollar? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe like three dollars. We should lower it or something. Yeah, dude. You know? Yeah. Oh my god, it's yeah. gonna be crazy when all of it does come back. But it's it's good to kind of just like talk about this and get your perspective because yeah, every, you know it's 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 looking good. It's feeling yeah. good so far. You know. Well, let's I talk think. about your career for a bit. I mean, you've really grinded out a huge name for yourself. You know, in this you know, being an agent, you know, in the agent world. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's a really hard job and you've worked really hard to get where you are. I mean, it's been kind of fun to watch you blow up over the years because we kind of came up together and have been booking yeah, shows yeah. together for a long yeah. time. Wow. So speak a little bit to what it feels like to have put in like all this work and really like have found your niche now because you're really doing some big shit like we'll talk about here in a minute. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy because like, I think back in like 20, what was it? 2015. The first like bigger tour I booked was Sepultura's like 30 year anniversary tour. And that was pretty crazy to do, especially since I was like 27 or 28 at the time. So booking that and that being a pretty successful tour was like a big deal. And that kind of started opening more doors for me. Like when I got with this agency, um, Continental, before it was called something else, but then we changed it. And but anyway, when I got with them, it kind of like started, I went from like booking like a lot of like metalcore and like pop punk and stuff like that to like really booking more death metal. Sure. Right. Like, you know, and it kind of just, it, it kind of helped me. I, like I found my niche, right? Yeah, for sure. I found the thing. I was like, oh shit. Okay. I think I just need to start booking more death metal and black metal and stuff. And like, I still have like a little death core, you know, some metal core in there. Yeah. But, uh, and, but it's been a, a pretty crazy to go from like, you know, booking really small stuff for a long time. Like no one would ever, no other bigger agency ever gave me a shot. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And let's, let's kind of chronicle the agencies that you've worked at over the years, because you've really helped shape a lot of bands careers. Like you've booked, like I said, Chelsea grin. I mean, you probably, yeah, I was booking Attila at one point, like, like I mean, right before all, they popped almost all the media scare bands. You've probably booked oh, at least one show. Oh for. yeah. I mean, yeah. The ghost Trail inside was in volumes. The ghost inside was ghost inside in dying arms before they were the ghost. Yeah. Inside. I'm sure you booked them for, or book, at least booked them on some stuff. I booked but, ghost inside on one, one tour back then. Um, um, I mean, there was a lot as but one's black. I mean, it was always like I like back then I like felt like this agent that was like the stepping stone 
right. to then like once the band popped, another agent took it, right? Yeah, no, and that was, was kind of like happening. that was yeah, that was kind of like what me and Ryan McFarland from Wichita, who was a promoter friend of fucking mine Ryan, in the region, yeah, be like, yeah, I've dude, known Ryan forever def- too. It's like, yeah, this band's popping now. They're gonna they're gonna fucking they're gonna leave jump the ship. Party. They're gonna yeah. jump ship, which really fucking sucks. And I just never understood like I why I I never got any sort of reason why like a bigger agency never offered me a job never was like yo let's bring this dude and he's doing the damn thing and there was one agency that was supposed to happen and that person screwed me out of it but i think what got in the way was me joining media scare records i feel like that kind of maybe uh made it look like i didn't want to be a full-time agent so to say right you know and i would have quit that if like, you know, bigger agents came in like, hey, we want to bring you in. I'd be like, all right. <laughs> right. I'll quit the label. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah, fuck this <laughs> shit. I'm out. Shit. <laughs> but like, I never even got like, no one ever came to me like that. So it was just like, I always had like my own agency up until I got with Stefan and Continental. And it was just like, they finally gave me a shot. They're like, yo, we believe in what you're doing, you know? And I barely even knew them when I found the agency. Right. So it was a lot, you know, a lot of shit like, a lot of like death metal, black metal stuff, like a lot of black metal shit. Like I wasn't like into, or like ever checked out. Right. You know, I went out on a limb and hit them up and I was like, are you looking to bring anyone else in? Because I know it's just you, you know? Yeah. It's just you stuff. And he was like, yeah, I think, yeah, let's talk. And then we just hit it off. They yeah. really helped me. I, I, I give everything to Stefan and Mauricio. Uh, Mauricio is not an agent. He just co-owns the agency. Uh, sure. He's the singer from Cataclysm. Mm-hmm. He has his own management company, Hard Impact Records. Uh, hard impact management, <laughs> not records. <laughs> my bad. Sorry, Mauricio. Uh, Freudian slip. It's okay. Yeah. So like, I really give it a lot, give a lot to them because they really helped, helped me, you know, and they taught me a lot and a lot of um, bands that we do bring from Europe. Like, you know, when I, for example, we did a dark funeral septic flesh tour, right. In like 2018, I think it was, was it? Yeah. 2018 tour was great there was like 12 sold out shows this is like the second biggest tour i've ever booked and uh but we treated it as a european tour european style tour where when you go to europe you got your bus all figured you know like someone the agent gets you the bus the crew the back line you know what i'm saying sure everything so we treated that as a european tour where we arranged the bus we got the bus for them we didn't pay for it but we got all the logistics done we got their crew we put their crew together here Right. Like we found people and, you know, good texts and stuff and we did it all. And I think that's what we really, they really taught me to do and try, you know, especially with bringing over Euro bands here, especially the older guys who really want that same, uh, you know, treatment. they want to be taken care of. They want to be taken care of like they are in their, their country. One stop shop. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. I think it's way. important it's like, to know yeah. for those that don't tour or don't, you know, exist in this space. Cause we have, we have a, a ton of different people that listen to this podcast, but like, yeah. Touring in Europe is way better than touring in the United States. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's more comfortable. You're you're far more comfortable. You know the catering's better. The shows are crazier. You yeah, know? I mean yeah. the list yeah. goes on and on and on. In the fast, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, Europe is great. I, yeah, it is. Touring Europe's. Yeah, I'll say it's better. Yeah, yeah, it's better. <laughs> it's better. When you were like, it's better. I was like, ah, yeah. is it? Oh, and I was like, yeah. But they arrange like a weirder like, grind. The agent yeah. over there like arranges all the logistics for the most part, and like so we wanted. They taught me how to do that stuff. And um, my friend Bryce helps too a lot. Bryce Lucian, big shout out to him. Uh, he uh, helps a lot. He's my partner with the Devastation Tour. So 
like he really helps a lot with those logistics because I hate doing math and everything like really yeah. complicated shit. I'm like, Oh my God, this is so much shit. And we got to figure out how much, all right, I don't want to do this. Can you do it? Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and he does it real quick. He's like, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. here you go. I'm like, thank right. you. And, uh, but, um, yeah, I think that's like the one thing I think at least makes us, this agency stand out from the others is that when we do bring over these Euro bands, we're really, and I feel like other agents do do this. I, I just don't know. I'm assuming they do. I would hope they do, but you know, getting their bus taken care of or their van or their bandwagon and getting their, I mean, we literally put together a lot like Darfy noodles crew, Belfagor, septic flesh, everyone's crew. Like we really like handle all this shit. So it was, that's awesome. A lot of learning. So, like it definitely, they taught me a lot. So, so working as an agent, what are some of your favorite tours you've booked over the years? Um, definitely Sepultura's 30 year anniversary, that dark funeral septic flesh tour. Uh, my Devastation on the Nation tours have been fucking great. Oh, uh, fun. Just to see it grow is insane to me still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> people still buy Like I have like a bunch of merch still, and they're is still buying it. Is that like your baby? Like, <laughs> yeah. You're just like, like, oh, my child's growing. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, thank that you. Get this shit out of my apartment. Yeah, uh, <laughs> fucking. Yeah, that, that, um, sucks, those, that, that yeah. sucks that you had to, all that merch just like left uh, over. 10 boxes, 10 boxes. Yeah, it's ten, crazy. Oof. had four grand of merch. Uh <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's actually funny because I have like ten grand worth of like emo night merch just sitting in like a storage just sitting, right? Yeah, yeah. just same, waiting. I'd probably same with Orlando and them. No, oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those tours. What else? Like Rivers and Nile headliner, for example, when they came out with "Where Owls Know My Name" record, that I have it hanging there. That's why I'm yeah. pointing there. But uh, <laughs> you can't see it. But that tour, man. Like we didn't know like what it was like. We did like a Canadian tour months before that that popped off. We're right. like, what the fuck are these numbers, dude? What? And then we did, we we're like, let's do a headliner, like a proper headliner. And we did it. And it was like 12 or 11 sold out shows. We're like, what the fuck? Jesus. That's so sick. that was very, working with Rivers and Alice since like 2015. We just had a call like last week, a Zoom call. Their manager, I mean, we're, we're so on the same page. I, I love that band to death. Um, that was great. I mean, there's been a lot. I did like a Mushroom Head tour a few couple years oh, ago, shit, Summer yeah. of Screams tour. A kind of a headache, but uh, uh, it, it did well. Uh, I was surprised by it actually. Dan, do you know what? <laughs> do you know what my favorite tour we've ever booked together was? What was it? Dollar Menu. Where's the venue tour? Dude, so honestly, good. that tour. And it's funny. Every time I see Brandon from Counterparts, every yeah. time. Yeah. Yo, remember that tour, dude? <laughs> yeah. He's like my favorite tour. Well, we we I had think booked that was it. like we everyone's booked, favorite. Yeah, dude, it was because that was a highlight for me too. Like Such early on, in Austin lineup. and I working yeah. together was like I think that was three or four shows in or something. And yeah, and yeah, I remember that, and it was fun and a lot of chaotic shit happened. I'm sure yeah, probably. I mean, that yeah, that's always not good. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy because we've worked together so much over the years. It's really hard to pinpoint like what my favorite tour was, but that tour was stacked volumes that's, and counter volumes and counterparts. Oh, two huge it, bands like it prevails the, betrayal. It prevails, yeah, betrayal. like. Bermuda. All friends, like all yeah. friends. Yeah, besides, everyone besides was friends. I, I, yeah, I think they were like the odd one out. That was yeah. like the first tour. But there was a huge brawl at the end of that show at the comments too. We've talked about really? that. We talked about oh, that on the yeah, podcast dude. with Michael Barr in our second episode. Yeah, dude. Oh. All of the, we've had a lot, <laughs> dude. Over the years, I've had. I thought about it today because, like, mm. the shows that we used to book, every show that I booked with you, there was always a massive brawl. Oh, <laughs> probably every King Conquer show. Yes, yeah. I have it. I have it in my notes here. Let's yeah, just, let's just fucking, yeah, yeah. I remember it was crazy because I was in Vegas for one of these shows, 
and I was like, this is this is like the first time I trusted Tommy to like run a show by himself. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah, in dude. Vegas. <laughs> and I was at like a blackjack table and I was like, everything's gonna be fine. This like pre-sale was like good for the show. So I was like not worried about like being to pay off money. And yeah. I was sitting at this You're blackjack like, table and I remember getting a text from Tommy and he was like, like fuck. He, he was like, <laughs> he was like, like, oh my God, I think our friend Tony just killed somebody. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Tommy, you have to tell me Dude, the story. Yeah, I no, really I was in the happened. venue and like, you know, like shit, like pit happening, bands playing, you know, everything looks fine. And then I look up and like, our friend somebody's Tony, just by the on way, the fucking yeah. floor. Tony's yeah, huge. Our, Tony's like, huge. Tony, big, tall, yeah. huge. Big, like, not big, like, like, he's like lanky tall, but like tall and like yeah. pretty muscular. Jacked. Like, he's yeah. fucking like, strong. Yeah, yeah, like he knows, and he was like a cop for a while. He was a weird dude, but yeah. <laughs> he like a sheriff, not a cop. Uh, oh, yeah. But he, um, yeah, like punches this dude out in the middle of the show. I don't remember why or what happened, but I just look up. Dude's on the ground. Everybody's yeah. like, you know, kind of swarming Tony, and I'm just like, ah, like you know, normally <laughs> oh, Austin would handle God. the fights. Like so, I was just like, fuck, I gotta, and so. I I think we just kicked every like everyone involved out, and then like it. I feel like I, I remember it kept this going on the sidewalk. Yeah, and, like, I'm pretty sure like a fire truck came. Like the kid yeah. got knocked out cold, and so like they called like an ambulance, and like all of this is happening, and the bands were still playing. So they were yeah. just like fuck yeah. it, like you know. Like, <laughs> so I'm trying to like run sound, handle the front of house yeah. situation that's going on in front of me, and then also like keep the cops and fire department from knowing <laughs> that we don't have any licenses or anything. And I'm just like, uh, uh, I'm 19 or 18. The amount of, like, the amount of yeah. times that. We had oh, man, so either funny. the cops or the fire department or an ambulance show up at the fucking commons. Yeah. It's too much. Bar, right? Too fucking And we much. only got shut down once yeah. from all well, of yeah. those calls. I remember when that happened. Well, yeah. we got we got shut down for a foundation, foundation? show. Yeah. It was the foundation. only time we ever oh, got foundation. shut down. I think yeah. I remember you telling me back then. Like, yeah, we shut down for a month. <laughs> it was crazy because... The show did. The show was playing. There was like nobody fucking there. There was like mm-hmm. maybe like thirty people, mm-hmm. but like Foundation was like clearing out their van on the side of like this like the sidewalk backed into like Thirteenth Street and like parking was like in front of like all these businesses and like the donut stop next door would like hate when people would like park in front uh, of their business of because it was like their to go parking, but it, it was just like. Uh. You know, it was just it like was a, literally it wasn't like legal sign. like to go parking it was just like this is our to go parking don't park yeah here. they said so, yeah <laughs> so foundation like parked in front of their fucking building and like the owner of that dude Hal, he was a, he was a crazy fucking guy crazy dude <laughs> but he like came out and like they were they had like 30 pairs of like their like nikes and shit just like hanging outside of like their van and he came out he was like get this shit off the sidewalk and i swear to god the oh, singer of foundation about jack this dude in the face <laughs> he was, he was about was that close tense. it was oh my he was like God. get off my shit old man and like <laughs> pushed him and like i was like oh, oh my god so no. how went inside called the cops they showed up he's like yeah. yeah we get calls from him all the time you got you got like licenses or like paperwork showing that you guys are like legal and i was like no <laughs> <laughs> what what's that <laughs> yeah so like we they're like all right well you got to kick everybody out get out of here i was like uh, uh, but well. then we found out and this is to any i don't know if it's still this way but we found out through like the people that because during the day it was like a event center and we kind of asked them we we're like so what do you guys think of this and they were like as long as you don't sell alcohol 
yeah. and you're within the sound ordinance, you can run you an can event without a permit. And I was oh. like, huh. But I think probably now, especially with COVID and everything, you'll probably have to have like a gathering permit or something now, yeah, especially. But some... we'll see. But back in the day, we found out that you didn't have to. So after that, it was yeah. kind of like whenever the cops would come, we'd just be like, hey, you can come in, look around. Like, we don't have any of this. No we don't have any of that. And yeah. so they were always cool after that because we'd just kind of be like, hey, this is what we're doing. Like, you know, we give kids a place to go that's like, you know, drug-free, alcohol-free, and we put on, you know, bands. Like, yeah. we'll be out of here by 10. Everything's cool. And after that, they kind of stopped bugging us. But yeah, that time, oh, especially with the foundation, dude, like, kind of being an asshole. Yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, I didn't really care because we were going to lose money on the show anyway. Yeah. I was like, like oh, darn. So they were oh, like, the hey, show, like... Let's just, take it to, let's just take it to a house, and they took it to, like, a house. Uh, like a, okay. Like a, so like the show didn't house. even play out. This is, like, yeah. before the show. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. loaded. Yeah, it was, yeah. like, loaded. I think the first, the first band was on, and nobody was inside watching them. I remember what band it was. It was Ties. I think they were playing. Oh, yeah, which was a yeah. bummer because they're tight. But, I mean, let's get back to what we were originally talking about. I mean, how does, <laughs> it, how does it feel to, like, have booked all of, like, these legacy tours, like the Dollar Menu Tour, like, people remember, like, to this day? Yeah. You know, I mean, because, like, not a, I mean, not every band on that tour was, like, had, like, a huge fan base, but, like, the people that were there had, like, such a good time that those are, like, ingrained into their memories. I mean, do you feel, like, a sense of, like, a pride in, like, yeah, having, a little having bit. done, like, it's so like, much cool shit like that that people, Yeah, like, sometimes, like, when I look back at, like, old tour posters, I was like, wow, I did that. We did, yeah. we put, you know, put that together. It's it's crazy, you know? It's even, like, and then going up until, like, now and just seeing even, you know, back to the Devastation Tour, but, like, seeing all the comments we get, like, from people that are such fans of it and what we're doing, it's kind of crazy it's like it doesn't like i have zero ego um right. but you know it's crazy to see it like even my girlfriend would be like you're fucking awesome and i'm like no what <laughs> dude it's <laughs> crazy i have like this i, I have know, like man. this fucking memory box <laughs> that like i it's like a big fucking you know it's big enough to like fit posters in it and shit but okay I, yeah i have i went through it like a couple months ago and dude so many tours that you booked i have flyers of oh, going man, back all the pictures. way going all the way back to like 2007 like wow. like some of the first shows i ever Probably booked with you like forgot about yeah like you booked Endwell there for a while oh, and, yeah, like I at did. the end of their career and like i have like posters of like that and like yeah. dude it's crazy like how much shit that like <laughs> that you booked back in the day that i there is a I lot of stuff i i did that like uh it was it was called the grand slam all you can beat tour it was yeah uh, i remember that one I think it was that like Doctor Doctor and who else? American Me, Tilla, Chelsea Grin. Yeah, yeah, that did. It, I didn't book it, but it, it played. Uh, I think it played the waiting room. The wait. Who the fuck did I book that one? No, 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 no. That one didn't hit <laughs> Omaha because you never. Booked I wish it. I could it find those itineraries. <laughs> yeah, itinerary. I wish I could find them just to see. Like, I had like some on like my old lap, my laptop. Not my old laptop. My laptop has like files that I had from like bad yeah. years ago, but uh. Like before I started using like spreadsheets and shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was using like WordPad. <laughs> well, I mean, WordPad. let's let's talk a little bit about your current career. I mean, for the mm. people who aren't like super ingrained into like the metal community, talk about like your devastation on the nation tour, which we've kind of brought up a couple times in this podcast. It's kind of like a mainstay in the metal community now. I mean, just it's tell starting us. Starting to be, yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about like this tour that happens each year. I mean, tell us about the success success it's had and like what your yeah. plans for 2021 and 2020 two are word uh so we so that, the name well the name real quick the name came from a king conquer tour um yeah um, i think i booked the first, i booked the first two i think yeah, no it was just one, one. well one it, it wasn't supposed it was just gonna be a name for a tour that's yeah, all it was right. right it was king conquer tour with like bermuda last 10 seconds of life 
somebody else, somebody else, Deserters was on it, I think, and some other band. Yeah. And uh, and then years went by. Then I got with this agency, and I always wanted to like, I wanted to have like my own Summer Slaughter, like big fan of Summer Slaughter. Sure. So and like you know also like Sounds of the Underground, like all those like tours, Mayhem Fest when shit was going. So I was like, I want to try to come up with a name that I can use every year for a tour and i went back to that one i was like that's a cool name all right we'll use that and then i brought it back in 2015 was technically the first one um with origin Crisian, aeon um ingested and uh this band alter beast and some really one. fucking metal bands yeah like really but <laughs> i mean yeah it's pretty you know ingested was like the young gun on that one that was their first u.s tour ever um, and you know, Alter Beast too. I think that was like their second tour ever. And Surreption was on it, which was sick too. And uh, that tour, it did really well. And then the next year, I did. Um, actually, I think the next year we did we fell apart. It was supposed to be like Revocation and Aborted, and like Rivers and Nile. And then, and then um, it just fell apart last minute. So right. we didn't do it 2016. So 2017 brought it back. Did Aborted uh psychroptic disentomb ingested and so on and then we the following year is 2018 was that I'm, i feel like i always flip flop the aborted one in cryptopsy which i think both are just <laughs> yeah they're both massive both i always like massive for, fucking yeah. metal bands dude yeah i did cryptopsy decrepit birth rivers of nile then then i booked a decrepit birth once did you i yeah. did yeah i think it was through you actually no because oh, this was, was back in like 2008 Oh, I don't think shit. You're, you probably weren't breaking them then. No, right? no, yeah. no, no. The show did really well. It did like 300 people. It was nuts. That was like, yeah, that was like their prime right there, too. Yeah, it was fucking crazy. We did it yeah. like a VFW hall, too. Oh, that's sick. Those Good dudes band. Are, Good those dudes. dudes are metal as fuck. Oh, yeah, they are. So we I did. Mean, I was like, I was in high school when I booked that, too. So yeah. Like, they were like, like they were this? considerably older than I was. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, they're all, dude, singer's way older than me. He's like probably 20 years older than me. I know, dude. It was so crazy. Weird. Like, they showed up. They're like, uh, you the promoter? I was <laughs> Well, you got you got our money. <laughs> they ended up having a good. They ended up having a good time. You know. Oh yeah, they were they, they were fucking people. It. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and then we then we went into like so I did that dark funeral tour in 2018 with Septic Flesh, and then 2019. You know, we're trying to figure out a lineup for 2019, and I was just like, me and Bryce were just like, yo, that dark funeral tour did real well with Septic Flesh. We should try to get a dark funeral. Rosie, what's oh, yeah. up, girl? Here in the back. Oh yeah. What's yo? Clip this and put this on our socials, dude. Because yeah, look at this. Look at this motherfucker. Dan, Dan, bring bring your dog up here. Come on. She will not sit on my lap. Damn. <laughs> well, you can see her. She just, won't. She, you oh. can see her creeping down there. What's up, yeah. Rosie? Hey. Jump up here. There you go. Oh, there you go. I'm gonna oh. Uh, so we decided on dark. We got dark funeral. Yeah. Uh. And it was Dark Funeral, Belfagor, co-headliner, so they rotated. And then Incantation, Hate, Velanath, and Nightmare. And uh, dude, it popped. We did, what is it? One, two, six sold-out shows, and all the others just smashed. And then so I was just like, okay. So let's – so, like, my whole thing was I was trying to get, I was trying to get the tour up to be, like, ten bands, like Slaughter. So, like, the year with Aborted was seven bands. And then we were – it was kind of overwhelming. It was overwhelming. Yeah, Bryce, five five band pa five band packages yeah. for me these days are like overwhelming. Yeah, you know what I mean. So then we did that one. You know, that's uh, six bands: the Dark Funeral, Belfour, and it was it was better, right? You know, one less band. And then when we came around to doing, you know, the one that's going to happen next year now, which should happen in 2020, it was it's Rotting Christ, Borknagar, 
um, uh, Wolf Hart, Abigail Williams, and Vale of Nath. Um, I was just like, let's just keep it five bands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah. I, Stefan tried. My boss, Stefan's like, yo, I got this. We're gonna, this new band he picked up. Uh, really good. Like numbers are good. Like they're popping off, right? And I'm like, I don't want to do six bands. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I I wonder what I wonder. This is kind of like a, it's kind of like a side <laughs> yeah. point, but like I wonder what packages are gonna look like like when mm. shit comes back because there's not going to be enough money to go around for for some of this shit you know like five band yeah. packages is going to be a stretch you know if we're really you know if if promoters and venues are going to be cutting guarantees and yeah, shit I mean, I mean like five band packages might be a thing could be a stretch yeah. it really it's all gonna it's at the end of the day it's going to depend on what the price of the package is going to be right, right what's right. your bottom end and shit you know with rebook and devastation it's the same lineup besides one band imperial triumphant was supposed to be on it but they can't because their drummer has other obligations blah blah, blah. so we replaced them with villain Nath. right um for the most part all the offers are like staying the same some some a little bit lower like a few hundred bucks some promoters like i was like listen you know we, we've been working there for so long like if something comes up and it's making our ticket sales tank we'll talk we're gonna talk yeah. i'm not gonna make you i'm not gonna make you know have you lose right. money like don't worry yeah. You know, I am still like I, I still have like a real a good like you know DIY mentality. I know both ends of it. I was a right. promoter, you know. I don't like when someone losing money. Right. Yeah. No. And as a promoter, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. You know. And but at the same time, I told him like, yo, just make sure like when we announce and we're you know promoting the tour, I'm promoting on my end. You're promoting like make sure you're actually doing what you say you're gonna do. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But regardless, um, yeah, I think. I, I'm I feel confident that it's gonna do better than Dark Funeral Year. Some promoters are like, well, I don't know. I'm like, ah, I think it's gonna do better. Yeah, I mean, this could be the best year for all of us. You know? Yeah, know. it really. It, honestly, I think unless people be. are weird about getting back out and about, which I don't think they will, just based on how everyone has been so far that I've seen when mm -hmm. they have the opportunity to go pack into a room. Yeah, I think people are going to be more than you know willing to get into a room and pack in and especially next are going to sell out yeah. yeah right especially next year yeah. yeah after yeah after this like winter whatever this next like flu season or whatever we're about to go through again looks yeah. like you know yeah. like yeah just go get a shot i mean i'm gonna yeah. i mean finally like today's what monday right so i can finally schedule one yeah. Texas, so i got so, mine baby let's go yeah. well dan <laughs> yeah. i want to i want to thank you for coming on the podcast man we're going to end yeah. with some quick hitters here but it's been really good to catch up with you and kind of yeah man it's, it's always blessed. i feel like we i always learn so much about my friends when they come on the pod because you know like it's, i have even I with got the to, one i do yeah, i i learn I about all to, these i'm like man you do that, that and i haven't really got to this? expend like extended time with you like yeah. ever in my life besides that weekend that we had in like dallas that one time. i know but let's end on some quick hitters just give me some yeah. simple answers for these me and tommy will ask <laughs> trade-off questions but okay. since you live in texas and you lived in california in and out or whataburger we this is like a almost like a standard oh, question that we have hard. on pod now well i like in and out burgers better than whataburgers okay well there you go yeah. in and out then hands down yeah <laughs> the, whataburger has more variety bad. though yeah yeah <laughs> what was that Tommy? whataburger has more variety like they in, do of their burger yes. options like they yeah. got like, weird burgers like they got chicken too like they they yeah. have breakfast yeah, yeah. in and out options. you're getting a burger and fries. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, in and out burger, oh, in and out fries are absolute garbage. 
You got to get them animal style. Like that's the only. It way makes it bearable. better, but they're still yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> it's still, a gut they bomb. They still kind of taste like cardboard. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's a cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're styrofoam, and then you maybe put some chili on it. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, New York. We well, already kind of answered this. You kind of said Texas, so New York or Texas? You went with Texas, so we we already answered that one. Yeah. Favorite band you worked with over the years? Favorite band? Rivers and Nile. Rivers and Nile, hands right. down. Hell yeah. How about favorite Best. New York hardcore band? Favorite. Madball. Okay. Madball. Yeah, I like Madball a lot. I fuck with Uh, Madball. (laughs) Favorite New York metal band. Favorite metal band. From New York. From New York. Specifically New York for some reason. We have to we have to (laughs) know all the New York related questions. I'm obsessed. I've never been. I I want to go to Sometimes I forget like where bands are even from most of the times. They're so some fans just become so yeah, right. spread i was out. hoping you just would have said it dies today is my favorite new york metal band but whatever i mean yeah they they were up they're they probably every time i die that's okay. a shout out yeah, yeah. I mean, they consistently there. make really good music and even their newer stuff is it's better yeah, yeah. it's kind of crazy man. highlight yeah. of your career so far highlight yeah it would probably just have to, i don't know it probably would have to be the tour that i keep doing every year devastation yeah. on the nation honestly it's my well, baby. It's probably going to also be this. What's your top career goal for the next 10 years? The top career goal. Make devastation bigger. <laughs> make it bigger. Make a million dollars. dollars. Yeah, but uh, yeah, make a million dollars. Hopefully. That'd be nice. All right, but, dude. How, how about this, dude? Favorite market <laughs> to book a show in? Oh, favorite market to book a show in. Yeah, it's probably like the market that consistently makes you the most money. So, I mean, it's probably fucking no, there's two. Okay. I mean, well, LA and New York City. All right. There you go. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's a wrap on quick hitters. Nice. Well, dude, Dan, <laughs> I appreciate, uh, I appreciate you coming on this. Was, yeah, man. Uh, this was, it, it was kind of fun to learn about, like, <clears throat> not, I guess not learn, but just kind of discuss, you know, like, mm-hmm where things are going to be at and everything, you know, from the lens of like a booking agent. So I really appreciate the conversation. Really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Thank you for Uh, having me to close out. If you guys want to find us on socials, you can find us at left off pod on Twitter. And then on Facebook, you can just search us at the, where we left off podcast and that's it. Come find us, come check out our shit. Check them out. It's going to be fucking, I'm going to post a picture of Rosie on our socials. Yeah, we're do gonna, it. We're going to, we're going to fucking clip that. I have a ton of them. So there. yeah, <laughs> so, dude, Rosie's fucking famous. So She's just it, she has that. to get it. But until next time, we'll see you next week. Take it easy. And that's our show. If you like what you heard on this episode and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe to our pages. You can find us on Apple, Google, and Amazon Podcasts, as well as Spotify. You can also find us on social media, too, at LeftOffPod on Twitter. And just simply search our name on Facebook or Instagram, the Where We Left Off Podcast. See you next time.